Hello everyone, uh, this is the final episode in 2022 of the SLTT uh, Going Over Big Time podcast. I am the Cantastic and uh, I'm joined by Mike Charlotte once again. And for this episode, um, just a follow-up to our last episode where we reviewed our best matches of 2022. We are now going to talk about our picks for the best wrestlers of 2022. So I picked five, Mike picked five, so that's the way we're going to do this format. So um, Mike, uh, do you want to start and just, you know, you give a, give me a name and then, uh, you know, we'll just talk about why you think this is uh, one of the best wrestlers in 2022. All right. Well, um, I'm going to start off with my number five and really actually my number five is really a top five performer of the year because this guy mainly was really just killing it with his character work more than anything and uh my number five is Sami Zayn. um Sami Zayn has been carrying this uh bloodline storyline pretty much most of this year um i mean it's been building and building for a while Sami Zayn was trying to be a part of the bloodline just so that he could be a part of something after the after the performance he had at WrestleMania with the Johnny Knoxville match which was actually a pretty fun match if you you know enjoy comedy matches which I don't I normally don't but that one was pretty fun and um coming off of that he was just trying to befriend the bloodline and uh the whole entire time for most of the year Jey Uso wants nothing to do with him and Roman Reigns is kind of uh, okay with him being around just because it's another hand, I guess, to have. Um, And, you know, then Solo Sokoa was involved and Jimmy came back from injury and the bloodline's bigger and better than ever. And Sami Zayn has just been at the center of that uh, trying to prove his loyalty to the bloodline and uh i think his best performance of the year by far has was that uh war games match because that one was completely story driven in the fact that building up to it and kevin owens being revealed as the fifth member of team sheamus i guess um and Sami Zayn being conflicted because Kevin Owens is his best friend and building up to that and then getting into the war games match where you think that he's going to go the other way and help Kevin because that's his best friend. And instead he goes the other way and kicks Kevin below the belt allowing for the bloodline to capitalize and get the victory. And um, time of recording, we're going to be having a big uh, match uh, tomorrow night on the last SmackDown of the year um, where he's going to be teaming with Roman Reigns to take on John Cena and Kevin Owens. And I have a feeling that whatever happens in this match is going to be a pivotal point in this story, whichever way it goes. But if it goes the way that we all think it's going to go, where uh, John Cena or Kevin Owens pin Sami Zayn, I don't think the bloodline are going to be too happy about that. And that's going to continue to build this story. And just all of this in general has just been great to watch Sami Zayn, his everything Sami Zayn does even when he has great matches and he has had great matches um but just everything he's been doing character wise this year is why he's number 5 for me and i can't wait to see where this is going to go <clears throat> yeah i would tend to agree um you, that's a really good pick, and uh, I just want to stress to everyone that our picks for Wrestler of the Year are not so much as in terms of just win-loss records or matches, but in sort of also character work. And definitely, 
you know, you could put Roman Reigns as a candidate for um, wrestler of the year just as the fact that he managed to become the undisputed world champion at WrestleMania, uh, mm-hmm. turn back uh, Brock Lesnar like several times. I think com- I'm f- finally ending their feud at SummerSlam. Uh, had really had had some of the be- had like some really epic matches against like someone like a Drew McIntyre beating him at Clash at the Castle. But then there was you know underlying all of that is just Sami Zayn. At first, like when we saw him as like this honorary use character, it was just sort of like. Eh, whatever it's like you know they don't have anything for him to do because you know um sammy had been kind of spluttering around for a bit but just the way 2022 unfolded it just kept <coughs> building towards like just like you know he was starting to warm up to like everybody you know you know obviously you know he came on the he he got jay uh no, jimmy was obviously uh warmed up to him probably uh the earliest and then uh gradually it was like Everybody else, Roman, like the the scene that you um, you mentioned, Sammy, and I think the one scene that really like started to get me to pay attention to Sammy saying was like the part where that episode of SmackDown when Jay was like losing his cool, like mm-hmm. even more than usual, and then everybody's telling him like you're gonna spoil it for us, and then Solo as the North American champion was going out for his match, and then he's like turns around, he he tells Jay his own brother to stay in the back, and then he goes, "Yo, Sammy, you coming?" And, and then mm-hmm. everybody's face is kind of like lit up, and like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and I for, and I forgot to mention like that moment like leading up to Survivor Series where like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were talking, and Jay was like behind the door, and Sami Zayn like sold it perfectly. Like I wasn't talking to anybody, and Jay was like, "I'm gonna." T-. He tells Roman, and Roman is like, "What did he tell you?" And he's like, "Oh, I wasn't talking to anybody." So. And then Roman had like that face, you know, like that. F- he did the same thing when the Usos were first like back together where he's like hugging them and then like slyly looking at the camera. And he did the exact same thing with Sami Zayn um, with that. And also most recently with building t- up to this John Cena tag match. So we still don't know what Roman Reigns has up his sleeve, but I have a feeling that Sami Zayn is going to you know, hit hit it out of the park with whatever comes next. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a good pick. So my next, my my one of my uh, top five picks here, and I wanted to pick a a, a female because I think um, based on some of our previous picks, we sort of left out the female wrestlers. So I am going mm-hmm. to pick Bianca Belair, mm-hmm. and reason I picked her is is a very straightforward it's not so much as any sort of character she hasn't really changed as that much from the time she was at nxt to now but she did win the raw women's title at this year's wrestlemania beating becky lynch and as of this recording is still the raw women's champion she's probably going to go into wrestlemania as a raw next this coming wrestlemania as a raw women's champion but just for 2022's sake she beat oscar and becky in a triple threat match uh bailey came back and Bianca turned her back at a ladder match and a last woman standing match. I mean, she also beat Becky at SummerSlam again, um, which, which is ironic because that was sort of like sort of uh, avenged the loss that she had. Bianca had at last SummerSlam where Becky came out as a surprise opponent and pinned her in like eight minutes. Um, and then as a side note, I guess, uh, you know, Bianca led her women's war games team to the win at the war games match at survivor series so um i mean she's been a solidly consistent performer even when she had like a gazillion rematches against people like carmella and selena vega (laughs) but lately has been uh i think she's uh she's been uh booked better um her first title defense in 2023 is going to be against alexa bliss there's a lot of uh, underlying uh, storyline in that as well and then, uh, but it looks like all signs are pointing to her facing either. I mean, she has Bianca has said herself that the only two, the two other people she still wants to face and defeat are either Rhea Ripley, which is most likely, or Charlotte Flair. So it's, I mean, she, you have to think about it. She beat all the original, three of the four original horsewomen in Sasha Banks, Becky, and Bailey now. So, uh, so I put Bianca on, on my list as one of the, wrestlers of the year 
Yeah, she's she's been killing it. Uh, with with every match, she's been getting better and better, and uh, she's easily one of the best athletes in either division. Um, she's definitely one of the strongest women, like physically strong. Um, and yeah, uh, the clash that I really want to see is her and Rhea Ripley because they have never really had like a huge feud. Um, and I think that that would be absolutely amazing because I think both are very, very good at what they do, character and movie and and in the ring. I mean, um, and Rhea Ripley is like one of my uh, she's one of my early picks for like to be like one of the top performers next year. Because I, I just think that everything she's been doing is leading to her being a top star. Well, she's <laughs> wrestling men now. You know, they gave her yeah. her first match against a man. <laughs> yeah. So, I I mean, me me personally, I would prefer her to face Rhea. But the Charlotte aspect to pretty much, I mean, it's WrestleMania season. We haven't seen Charlotte in a really long time. Uh, it feels like this is the longest she's been away, and I believe she missed WrestleMania last year, right? Um, or was that thirty-seven? I, that I honestly might have been, don't remember. That might have been thirty-seven. Oh no! Still, she I, yeah, she faced she, she faced Ronda last yeah, she, year. Ronda. She faced Ronda. Yeah, you're right. She lost I, okay, the title I, to Ronda. I, oh no! Yeah. she didn't lose the title to Ronda. She beat Ronda, but then in WrestleMania Backlash, she lost the title. To yes, Ronda. yes, I just remembered the Ronda stuff i try to put that behind me because <laughs> <laughs> obvious reasons but um yeah so charlotte i i mean charlotte is you know she's gonna be back and i have a feeling that that is just where they where it it seems like that's where they want to go she's faced charlotte before but never had a feud with her and every time that they face has either been like a count out a dq or like a short match it's never been like a, a like a, a real build to a match, and that could be an amazing match. I I just me personally, I would prefer it to be Rhea Ripley. Um, but yeah, Bianca definitely. I I think she definitely deserves to be on the list for sure. Okay, so um, Mike, do you have another pick? Yeah, so my number four. Uh, I've kind of been like back and forth about some people because there's so many good, good people that have performed so well this year. Um, but my my number four is going to be Seth Rollins. I um, I just absolutely love what he's been doing this year. Um, again, kind of in the same vein as Sami Zayn, but also doing killing it in the ring as well. It's just like all his character where he's been carrying raw for the most part because raw for essentially almost two years now has not had a top champion because roman reigns yeah despite despite how good roman reigns is and continues to be is only on smackdown and is only on raw once in a while He's on Raw maybe like four times a year. That's and with only one world champion, that does that just doesn't work. Raw is three hours and there's no champion on it. It doesn't. I I, I get that that helps to build other other people, but it just doesn't make sense. So Seth has been carrying the show for the most part for the better part of the year before people like Bailey and Becky came back and continuing to do it now. And the stuff he's been doing recently with Austin theory is evident of that because he's been going out of his way to make this seem important because he's telling, he's telling Austin theory like, Oh, you're, you're just a kid who doesn't get what's going on here. And you think that you're, you're the best because somebody told you you were, and that you haven't earned this opportunity and and he's right so he and he's killing it in, in, in like his his mannerisms everything that he's been doing character wise when 
when he was a baby face originally, because I guess technically he's a baby face now because he is very over and is not really doing a lot of heel stuff. Um, but when he was a baby face before, people were calling him boring because his character wasn't all that great. And he's just like turned it up to 11 now. And the matches that he's had with Lashley, the ma- and some of the matches that he's had with Austin Theory, that triple threat that they just recently had with, between the three of them was really good. Um, he the Cody the Cody saga that is not over. Uh, <laughs> it is it, amazing, and he absolutely killed it in that Hell in the Cell with his character work and just targeting the injury the entire time, which made everybody cringe, but it was amazing. And he's just, he's just on another, on another level right now. And this, I think this is the best Seth Rollins we've ever had. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. We are, we've already passed, by uh, 10 years uh, since The Shield made their debut at, in 2012, and look where all three of these guys have come, right? No matter whether they're in AEW or still in WWE, each of them have yep. exceeded, if not more, their own um, limitations and become like legitimate superstars in their own, on their own uh, accord, right? So mm-hmm. um, uh, the next name I put down is... Uh, well, I'm, this is an obvious one for me. I put down Josh Alexander. Uh, so he's the current Impact World Champion. Uh, as of now, if he, I guess, if he makes it, uh, he's. I mean, he has a scheduled defense at Hard to Kill on January thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth, against Bully Ray. Uh, you're shaking your head. That that's okay. Um, putting that aside. If he makes it the hard to kill, I believe at that time he will become the longest reigning TNA slash Impact World Champion, surpassing Bobby Roode's record at 256 days, as far as I know. But after, but Josh has had an amazing 2022. He started in hard to kill by beating Jonah, uh, who is now Bronson Reed again in WWE. Uh, he beat Moose, the guy who had pretty much stole the title from him at the year before, the fall in the fall, uh, in the prior year, at Rebellion to regain the Impact World Title, and then went on to defend it against just uh, some of the top guys in Impact Wrestling and beyond. You know, Eric Young, Joe Doring, Alex Shelley, uh, Ishii from New Japan, Eddie Edwards, a former Impact World Champion, Frankie Kazarian, probably one of the OGs of uh, TNA uh, and Impact Wrestling. We mentioned this in the previous episode, but he wrestled Mike Bailey for up to an hour on an Impact uh, main event. And so I think he's had a consistently solid performance uh, this this past year. And um, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm pretty sure that uh, he's going to put away Bully Ray at this point based on how things are turning out. And... Uh, like I don't see who who can like keep carrying the torch. I I wouldn't be surprised if he goes into like twenty twenty three, majority of twenty twenty three as Impact World Champion still. So who knows? I might be changing it right now. Who knows what something might happen from now until uh, until in six months from now? But yeah, I've got Josh Alexander as one of my twenty twenty two wrestlers of the year just because of the consistent performance and uh, having this incredible title run. I I completely understand why you I mean why you specifically would put Josh Alexander on your list. Uh I I've seen a bunch of his great matches that Mike Bailey match is off the charts. It, um and as you mentioned the, the story with Moose that led to, you know, him becoming the champion a second time <laughs> and um all of that stuff is great. And and I the reason that I was shaking my head is because of the Bully Ray match, not because of your pick, because of the Bully Ray match. Um I don't think that should be happening at all, <laughs> but that's just me. Um and 
my and as I mentioned last week and have mentioned previously, my biggest concern is trying to find credible cha- I guess credible challengers for him for it to seem important and for impact to feel important, which it currently does not. Yeah, that's and, a yeah, that's a problem. And I think ironically, doing this bully ray program is like an, an attempt fight by them to try to remedy that situation. And uh, but you know, it's turning guys like you away. But then there are probably other people that aren't that bothered by it. You know, they. I mean, if I mean for those who are, haven't been familiar with Bubba Ray's singles work, I mean this kind of is consistent with what he did before. I mean, you have to just go back and look up a clip where he um, was in a cage match with Jeff Hardy, and he basically revealed himself as the uh, leader of the former Aces and Eights faction and uh, said some incredibly disparaging things to Hulk Hogan's daughter on live TV and subsequently that. But um, yeah, I think that's where they were trying to go. They're trying to like recreate that sort of thing and um, to try to get uh, gain some interest, but you know, it's 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 very um. I mean, it's just I think it's I think like it's not Josh's fault, obviously. Like you you your your contention with the bully rape uh, storyline is not because of Josh Alexander. It's just them yeah doing this. And well, I it's think because it's because because, it's because the free market this is because the free agency uh, market is kind of stagnated and dried up a little bit now. There's there's not a lot of like stars that are open to signing. To places like Impact Wrestling, mm-hmm. and it's because of two things: AEW probably scooped up a whole huge majority of those people, and second, oh. WWE one underwent new management and actually started getting a little bit better to the point uh-huh. where they could resign a lot of people. I mean, we just saw the yes. news today that Dragon Lee from Ring of Honor is now going to be on NXT starting in January. Triple A. That was yeah. Tri- oh, so sorry. Did I see NXT? You said you said Ring of Honor. Oh shit. Okay. Maybe he was on Ring of Honor one time, well, but yeah. He, he was, was prominently on Ring of Honor when now Ring he's of Honor. Triple A, yes. Yeah, that uh that is just timing that just messed up because he just came off winning yeah. the, the tag team titles from FTR, apparently, or I guess. And uh-huh. then now uh he's been signed to WWE where he I don't know how that's gonna work. I mean they might let him keep it for a bit and then just kind of Well, like... I mean, look at what they're doing with Carl Anderson right now. Yeah. Carl and Carl Anderson is still the never open weight champion and is defending it on January fourth against Tamatanga. So... I mean, considering that the, the WWE Twitter account posted the Dragon League clip from the triple A show. Yeah, they with well, they, the they title with the title on their page. Yeah, letting him announce. They, it. they this, sent this? they sent a cameraman there. Oh, that was that was their own footage. Okay, so uh, yeah, I. But the fact that they allowed the, one of the titles from another company to be filmed on their yes. on their platform is interesting. So, yeah, it's just uh, back to the situation with uh, Josh and Bully Ray. It's just you know, it's like well, my my main concern, and we again we've talked about this extensively is that instead of continuing to build people like steve macklin in particular who should be the one challenging him um you're calling on a hall of famer from you know and a guy that hasn't been there in years to win a battle royal to earn this title shot which I think they thought was going to be shocking enough to get people to watch when it did the it had the opposite effect. It made people not want to watch because they don't want to see him in the title picture. They want to see guys like Steve Macklin who are working to get there to be there. I think and I'm sure that's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just a bit of a bump in the bump in the process right you know it's a uh, no naturally you would have expected uh steve to have won that gauntlet back it down for glory and mm-hmm. then lead to lead up to a match at hard to kill but mm, i don't know it's 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 perplexing but then but then again i don't that's uh, but then again it doesn't deter from the fact that josh had a amazing yeah. to keep to keep from to continuing on this tangent yeah it doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that Josh Alexander consistently has great matches. Yes. 
Okay. Do you have another? Do you have? Do you have another pick? So my number three is probably somebody that's on a lot of people's lists. I would think. Uh, my number three is the current AEW World Heavyweight Champion MJF Maxwell well, Jacob Free. We can save a lot of time now because I had him on here too. <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. I mean, come on. Um, so MJF, I mean, the man, it's the thing about MJF is that you want to hate him because of how much of a heel he is, but because of how good of a heel he is, people love him for it. They want him to make fun of their favorites. Exactly. You see him at, at, at like autograph signings. You've got parents bringing their children up to him to get an autograph. You go, hey, yeah, just call him a piece of shit and uh, just flip off my son. Flip, flip off, off my five year old, please. Can you flip off my son? <laughs> like, yeah, what? like it, it. They want him to do that, and they know that the, it, that's how over he is. Is that he's so over as a heel that people love him, and it's not. He's not the kind of heel like a Baron Corbin, where he's doing his job, like. He's just doing his job as a heel and people don't want to see him because of it. They want to see him. And he built this intrigue throughout the year about what is real and what isn't. And he built this this story off of his real life frustrations and um, about him wanting to be paid what he felt he deserved because he was essentially putting the company on his back for a lot of the year and being the reason that people are tuning in or one of the reasons he's not my number one so yeah let, uh, let, let me let's backtrack a little bit i know we i know like this is for 2022 but let's even look back just a little bit in the previous year in 2021 he had like this huge drawn out feud with chris jericho that led to a match with him uh and then like he actually beat chris jericho and then well he beat him twice at that point and then they led to a match at all out last year where if chris jericho lost he would have had to retire and mm-hmm. he didn't and then after a while i think he i well, think he got into a feud of darby allen but then like yes um, but let's not forget his biggest feud of the year is cm punk, CM punk. yes and the importance of that feud the importance of that feud being the, the thing that would uh, bring right. MJF to that next level, because that's exactly what it did. It got him to the level that he needed to be at to be a world champion, because the promo work, the matches, they did not have not a single one of their matches was bad. Of course, their best match being the dog collar match, which was. Yeah, I had that absolutely on- amazing. Right. And it also led to the dissolution of his partnership with Wardlow, which led to like, yeah, him putting Wardlow and, over. Yeah, and that was supposed to be important in getting Wardlow over, and it just turned into it m- meaning more for MJF, which didn't even it didn't hurt Wardlow, but it just helped the MJF character and the story that he was building off it's, of it, real and, life. And, and I just just on side, sorry to interrupt. It's just so stunning that. The stuff that was going back and forth between him and CM Punk, like when you look back at it, like leading up to the crazy real life alt backstage, not craziness that all out this year, you think of back to what MJF was saying, like, you know, maybe he was right in some strange mm-hmm. way, right? But he wouldn't, he and nobody else would have forced foreseen like CM Punk going off on a tangent at that press conference and then subsequently getting into a yeah. fight with three of his co workers like that. Agreed, but I and you could you could argue and probably be right that this was the most important year of MJF's career to this point hmm. because, as I mentioned, that feud, which uh, let's not forget, CM Punk is one of MJF's reasons for getting into wrestling. Hmm. He he loves CM Punk. That's the whole reason that the feud worked because he was so happy to be in that feud. He's not going to tell you that because he's very good at playing his character, but he was probably having a blast with that feud. <laughs> and 
it just elevated him to the level that he needed to be where he is right now because that built off of him essentially losing that feud and then going into the Wardlow feud and losing that feud. Right, and, and then he had that and, crazy promo in the ring where he just called his own boss, uh, Mark, like insulted his own boss, which well, led he to called him mic- a fucking Mark. Yeah, which led his mic being cut off, and then something was yeah. vanished from TV for months. And that was his pipe bomb. That was his yeah, yeah. CM Punk moment, and that was his summer of Punk moment that got him to the point where we were all wondering: Is this real? Is this fake? Is he going to not show up? Is he going to... And, and he didn't for a very long time. And nobody knew where he was or what he was doing. And he was radio silent. No social media, no nothing. Until that battle royal at All Out, where we all kind of had a feeling. We get this guy dressed up in a devil costume. And he wins uh, sorry the ladder match not the battle royal yeah the ladder match where he wins the chip and that being the jumping off point to where we are now the bit the to get him to be the champion and building to the rematch that he would eventually have with john moxley and pointing out that he's changed since the last time they faced and that he's he's bigger and better than he's ever been and that leading to him getting the championship the way he did, which is not surprising because he's MJF. And we kind of all expected it to happen in a dastardly way, which it did. And then he turned on the person that helped him <laughs> because he's MJF. It's just, it's masterful storytelling. It's masterful character work because that's what you get with MJF. And he's just going to continue to get better and better because the man is only 25. Mm. And he's doing it without a faction or anything. Like remember when he in in like 20 in like 2021, 2020, he had this whole like sort of a four horsemen S style group with him. And mm-hmm. then that group, like we thought they were all gonna become like champions as a group, but then it turned out they needed to break apart in order to become champions. I mean, FTR had um just came off in this amazing run with three tag team titles, Wardlow's a former TNT champion, and now MJF is his own uh, world champion. Like, he had some help with uh, another group, but then he kind of broke off ties with them imme- almost immediately. The firm. Yeah, the firm. And now he's back on his own again. So it's like... Well, even even now, people still think that that's uh, a ruse and that he's eventually going to uh, say, say it was an elaborate ruse and that the firm has kind of still been in his pocket the whole time. Which could definitely happen. Yeah, I mean, if he had, if he was willing to eat a power bomb through a table from mm-hmm. uh, from an eight foot tall man, then sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you picked MJF. I also picked MJF for literally the same reasons. Uh, so I the same number. Up, the same number. Pretty much. I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say MJF as well. Um, my next pick is you know coming off the MJF thing since we mentioned his name already. Uh, I'm going to say Chris Jericho because. You have to think about it. Last, just around this time last year, the guy was hospitalized from a pulmonary embolism while he was touring in London, I think, for his rock band. And he was like hospitalized. And we weren't even sure if like Chris Jericho was going to still be alive, let alone be able to wrestle again. And at that time, he was had, he had that just, he was physically kind of worn down. But then you'd like look at him a few months later, lead up to, revolution in february and he was like he looked like 20 years younger he was ripped he was like jacked he was like ready to go he got in this feud of eddie kingston uh you know lost to eddie kingston and then there was a, a period where it looked like he was gonna team with eddie and then he was still baby faced by then but then um you know he was getting they were getting attacked by a 2.0 and garcia and then suddenly jericho turns on eddie and then he joins up with these guys that were previously kind of beating on him, well, not really, because you notice back at the tape, they didn't touch him. And then suddenly, um, Hager comes in, and, they, and then just when you thought Jericho was getting stale, he repackages himself again as a heel with a new faction. 
now he's called and he's he's called I mean he's it's kind of lame but he's calling himself the wizard because he's using as much fire as the mad king from Westeros um <laughs> so he's calling himself the wizard he's throwing fireballs at people he's still fighting with Kingston and now they brought in the Blackpool Combat Club which literally the feud has only ended just a two weeks ago probably um yes. yeah he had this crazy, he had a crazy like barbed wire everywhere match with Kingston which he I, incredibly won but uh mm-hmm. didn't really come out looking like a winner um <laughs> i have to say jericho i i put jericho down as the wrestler of the year just because of at 52 he's managed to reinvent himself and also become a world champion this year as the ring of honor world champion you know his eighth world title which he was able to re- re- repackage himself as the ocho uh i mean he defended against some really big names from uh ring of honor like like uh, Cole Cabana, Dalton Castle, former champion Bandito, uh, Ishii, which he had his crazy bloody match. Mm-hmm. And, and I also forget, don't forget, like I all out, he managed to defend it in the four way match against Claudio, Brian Danielson, and Sammy Guevara. And I will also put down how he would do things that are unexpected and really break. Or like give people some really memorable wrestling moments, or put guys over like tapping out to Claudio swing at final battle, which was mm-hmm. I think surprising and was innovative amazing. way to put somebody over. Yeah, and then just recently he put a he put over this almost unknown guy named Action Andretti um, by letting him win, and now this Andretti guy has signed a uh, AEW. Who knows what the what's gonna happen with that guy? Not because you know Chris Jericho doesn't put over any random unknown person for no reason. So yeah, I would have to say Jericho has probably had one of the best years of his thirty plus year career to date. So this year, yeah, I I love Chris Jericho. Um, he's one of my all time favorite wrestlers ever, and I I I just love how he can just change it up every every so often and just find a way to not only get people to um get invested but also to hate him and still get the respect of like that's chris jericho like it doesn't matter uh the thing might the thing that he's doing might be very annoying and it is but he's still chris jericho like i don't really care for the Jericho Appreciation Society. I like everybody in it except Jake Hager, but I don't care for it. I I was kind of ready for him to move on from having a group. Um, and I get that. I mean, pretty much his whole career, he until AEW, he never had a group, just had tag teams. So I get that he's kind of like clinging on to that in AEW. But I don't think he needs to anymore. Um, I want to see what's going to happen with him and Ricky Starks. I'm hoping that that's not going to be a nine-month feud like his last couple. Um, and what's going to happen, like, continue building towards the eventual Daniel Garcia turn, because we know that that's going to happen at some point. It has to at this point. I mean, they, they tried to pivot away from it, and then they kind of brought it back to like he's like he's Sammy Guevara's buddy essentially he needs to follow Sammy around and learn from Sammy even though he doesn't think there's anything that Sammy could teach him which is probably true and uh yeah I I, I, everything that Jericho is doing continues to remain interesting even if there's like a specific thing about that interesting thing that he's doing that I don't like, which is the JAS. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it could have gone better. And at some point, I think JAS is running its course and probably will end by 2023. Um, so what's your next pick, Mike? All right, so my number two, which... Probably won't surprise most people if they uh, have been paying attention to what I've loved this year. And uh, my number two is 
one half of a tag team. Dax Harwood. Um, I wanted to put FTR as a duo, but I had to put Dax Harwood by himself because I just felt like he himself kind of like took us on this emotional ride all year um, with how he was um, him and him and cash kind of like as a duo, just killing it in every single match. But there was just something different that he was doing. And it wasn't just the fight, like in a nine year old girl promo. It wasn't just, you know, everything like the whole, the Bret Hart stuff with the, with the Owen tournament and him and cash actually facing each other, which was one of my matches of the year that I just love to watch it. it, it, There's something about him by himself that draws you into caring and you can see how much he cares about wrestling and how much he wants what he does to matter and what he does is important to him. And um, just everything that he did this year was, I felt like it was for me. It was like, it, it was just so good in every way because he is the kind of wrestler that I love. He just cares about wrestling on this level that most people don't. Uh, even if you have been doing it forever, the way he cares about what he's doing just makes me invested. Um, and you can see it every time that he gets emotional from having a good match. And whenever he has an interview and talking about how good a match is, he's one of those people where he will tell you like that. He's still not satisfied that like, even if the thing that he's doing is great and people say it's great, he still wants to do better because that's how much he cares. And I just could not, not put him on my list. He, oh, everything. I mean, we've talked at at nauseum at this point about the Briscoe trilogy. We've we've talked about the the tournament where he had amazing that amazing match with Cash and that amazing match with Adam Cole, and the singles match with Brian Danielson, which what just happened recently, but was so freaking good, and just everything that he does is good. I have not seen one thing that FTR in particular, but also Dax Harwood has not done that I have not loved. And that includes the S boys match because that built to it. That's building in a story that I can see from a mile away. <laughs> um, they, they were on this role all year of winning every tag title from three different companies and then when they finally get their shot at the AEW titles when they thought they deserved the shot way before they got it which they did they finally get their shot at the AEW titles and they lose and that immediately is the thing that ignites the downward spiral of FTR they're losing everything now they lost the ROH titles they lost the AAA titles. January 4th, they're probably going to lose the IWGP titles. And him in particular is one of those people who kind of like kind of like CM Punk where you kind of just like he tells you one thing, but you're not sure if he's really going to do it. Their contracts are up in April. And he'll say in, he'll say in interviews like, oh, maybe we, we won't go anywhere. Maybe we'll just do indie shows. Or I don't know. Maybe we'll just uh, take a break or people think they're going to go back to WWE or they're just going to stay in AEW or maybe they're going to have an extended run in impact. You have no idea because that's the kind of people that they are. Him in particular is going to be very cryptic about this stuff and make people want to care about what he's going to do. And I just love it. I love it. And now he has a podcast, which I started listening to today and I'm going to finish and I'm going to listen to it every week. 
because I want to hear what he has to talk about. Yeah, no, that's interesting that Dax has his own podcast. Um, I think he did talk about recently some stuff about uh, CM Punk during uh, well, the main the, the main first episode. The first episode is mainly about CM Punk. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's a good pick. Like you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you had picked FTR as a tag team, but to mm-hmm. pick Dax was was uh, also stood out as well because he's had like a lot of thing- people know him as a tag team guy, but he's definitely does singles had some of the probably best singles matches this year on Dynamite on Dynamite mainly, but yeah. uh, but still yeah. it, it, he shows that he can do like singles matches, which is really good. Um, so. We talked about okay, so since we both picked MJF, so my list is shortened now, and I guess my I guess my number one, not necessarily the top name on the list, but it's like my final pick. Uh, I picked John Moxley because well, that's that's good because so did I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've uh, I mean he's probably had one of the most consistent performances this year as well. He let's let's not forget that he is the currently. Uh, the only free time AEW champion in the company. Um, I mean, he had a pretty solid title run in 2020 during the whole pandemics period. But I thought, like, beginning just starting this year off with that barn burner with Brian Danielson at Revolution, which led to the formation of the Blackpool Combat Club, was uh, one of the highlights of 2022 for him. Um, and then it's, I just remember that first couple of weeks after they formed where they're just like beating all these tag teams up consistently. And then suddenly, because CM Punk sustained an injury after his title win at Double or Nothing, he ended up becoming the interim AEW champion at the crossover AEW New Japan pay-per-view of the Forbidden Door when he defeated uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And then had a very strong interim title run for about 60 days. And you'd expect that when CM Punk came back, which he did, that CM Punk was going to reclaim the title, but he didn't. He lost. And he only won it back at All Out for a very short time, which we won't get into as to the reason why. And then John Moxley again was asked to step up for the company, and he did. He became the champion for a third time when he beat Brian Danielson at um, uh, um, Grand Slam. So, you know, up until losing to MJF, it's like been a very solid uh, run this year. Obviously, the highlight is becoming the three-time AEW World Champion. Um, probably could do less cut down on the on the bleeding, but I mean, nobody's complaining. I mean, the most memorable thing. In, in terms of the blood or even just minor matches that he had, which were very significant, was the match he had with Wheeler, where um, he beat the absolute dog shit out of him and he just kicked out of he kicked out of his finisher at a one count, which pretty much solidified Wheeler's uh, membership into BCC. And then the uh, match he had with uh, Takeshita, which, like, you know, mm. is on the same level as when he faced Wheeler, and I wouldn't be surprised if down the road, Takeshita, Takeshita actually joins the BCC at some point. But yeah, in terms of like just proving that he is there to mentor new stars, like we just saw him in a tag match with Claudio against Top Flight in a, in like another match where it looks like these guys were these kids were just like coming at them again and again was another classic, like minor classic, but in terms of just Moxley's uh, 2022, it's been probably one of the best for him. Yeah, uh, John Moxley is my number one as well, and I, I I can't say enough of how important his role was throughout the year. Um, uh, based on, again, the thing that you mentioned that we're not going to talk about because it's been talked about at nauseum. Um, he was the guy that put the company on his back during that period. And he was supposed to take a vacation and still hasn't. And he shows up every single week and pretty much bleeds every single week. And I don't care if he bleeds every single week. I love it Um, because he just doesn't care. 
he wants to put on a he wants to put on a show and he wants everything he does to again he's kind of like in the same vein as Dax Harwood he wants everything that he does to matter he wants everything that he does to feel important and I love that about people like that I love the fact that he doesn't care if he's the champion he just cares that he's putting on a good match he just cares that the show is doing well because of what he's doing and that's what I love about them people like them and the fact that he stepped up in a period where they really needed him because statistically if you think about it even before all the stuff that happened this year AEW's never really had a fully healthy roster since its existence it's like there's always been somebody that's not there when they when somebody else you know there's always been something and the way that he stepped up this year and the way he would just have great matches with whoever was in the ring with him but the highlights are right, like the matches you mentioned and just like the everything that he did this year the blood and guts the anarchy in the arena the 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 matches with Jericho the match with Jericho on Dynamite, where Jericho did the Lionheart deal, is one of the best Dynamite matches of the year for sure. Um, the uh, the the matches with the match with MJF, the match matches with Danielson. Uh, he is on another level this year, and nobody can take that away from him he is the reason that aw stayed where it was this year he he, and again everybody played their role but he went above and beyond in my opinion he just killed it in every single match he never he never wavered he never he never doesn't have fun in there and that's what I love. And you can tell that. Yeah, no argument there. I mean, it's it's pretty clear. Like it's like he looks like he's enjoying himself. And I think that's the most important thing in this sort of business, right? Yeah. And I I hope that he continues to get whatever he wants out of this business he's not going anywhere he's staying in AEW he's helping build the build the roster he's helping with training now um having Yuta under his under his wing has really helped Yuta to get to like this uh the next level which we kind of all expected he would get to at some point because Willie Yuta's really good and uh yeah, I, I hope that his uh, impact is going to be felt throughout the years that he's here, even if he's not wrestling. Yeah. So, Mike, as we wrap up, um, why don't we take a quick moment to maybe think about who we should watch out for in 2023? You know, it's only, yeah. like, you know, it's it's coming up next week. So 2023 is going to start yep. next week. So. I mean, there's probably a number of people that we're like you mentioned a few people already. Well, I mentioned Rhea Ripley. She's yeah. definitely she's definitely on my list. Rhea Ripley is going. I think she's going to have her best year in wrestling in this coming year, as long as she can stay healthy. Uh, Cody Rhodes, of course. Cody Rhodes is due back any moment. We just got the video from him on the Best of Raw where he talked about the the thing that he's back to do, and we know that he wants to do it. And that's win the WWE title, and I think it's going to happen. It has to happen. Um, Triple H isn't a dummy; he knows what to do. Um, but as far as like people like, I think I I really think that Darby Allen's going to get to another level this year. I I really think that Jungle Boy is going to get to another level this year. Um, there there's so many people. Um, but yeah, the main ones, the main ones are Rhea Ripley, Cody, um, 
I'm trying to think. Oh, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is already there, but he's going to get even better. He's on. He's and this feud with Jericho is going to be the jumping off point. I think he's going to continue to keep building on what makes him good and what make it. And Ricky Starks has everything. Literally has everything. And we didn't even mention like when I was when we were talking about MJF. The match that they had for the belt was great on on Winter's Coming. And the story that they built around that was great. The promo that they built around that was great. And I think Ricky Starks is going to get to that level this year, for sure. Is there anybody in particular that you have? I would like to see if Top Flight can take it to the next level. And... Um... You know, just after seeing the the match they had with um, Moxley and Claudio, I really think that, like, I hope they n- neither of them are get injured again because his brother, one of them, Darius, had mm-hmm. sustained a couple of injuries that put him on the shelf, which led to Dante having an incredible singles yeah. run. But I always thought that those two kids were better off as a tag team. Um, I'd be interested to see what House of Black uh, does. Uh, Going yep. forward, like mm-hmm. will they become like the next trios champions? I mean, Malachi took the, took that kind of a break for a while. We were weren't sure where he was going to yeah. go, but Me- then he mental came break. Back. Yeah, yep. yeah, which is good because now they, they look refreshed. They look like they're ready to go again. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think I want to see more from uh, what, uh, more from uh, Daniel Garcia. I mean, we we. I mean, oh, we yeah. always saw a bit I, of it. Didn't you mention that? Sorry. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. We'll I, I no, actually, I completely forgot about him. But yeah, he, I, he's another one that I would think that yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna, because like, we talked, I, I talked about during the Jericho uh, talk. He, I, I think he's going to break away from JAS for real this time. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were teasing it with the Danielson stuff, but I think that it's really going to happen this time. I think he's finally going to see that he is like. He's yeah. really a wrestler, and, like, and we know that he's a wrestler. And even a, and like, even an honorable mention to me that probably should have been on the 2022 list is Braun Breaker, because uh, he's still NXT champion. He even though he lost it briefly, he like beat a former world champion Dolph Ziggler to re- regain it, and then just kind of mowed through the roster. And I'm I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm expecting Braun to make his uh, main roster debut this coming year. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Let's see who else. What I think about Roxanne. She Roxanne Perez. She just became. Oh yes. NXT yep. Women's Champion. Um. You know she's only twenty one. She's got yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. She's already. She's already so good. It's it's crazy to think because she began this year as the Ring of Honor Women's Champion and then ended the year as yep. as another women's Women's Champion again. So mm-hmm. I mean, she's the first champion in my memory that was. Born after 2000, so that, that shows you how long I've been watching this thing. So mm-hmm. we'll see how uh, how uh, her title reign runs up, and um, I don't know who else should I think about. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, minor like maybe maybe Nikita Lyons, maybe Zoe Starks. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I've always seen Zoe Starks uh, have some uh, accomplishments in her NXT career, but who knows what else? Great, now great that she's, worker. Yeah, now that she's kind of had a bit of an edgier attitude and Nikita Lyons is just an amazing athlete and her her, yep. her her just her style is obviously very unique uh in her um, in her division. Um, this might be this might be a dark horse because we've kind of seen her like recently go viral but the uh, Sol Ruka who oh. uh, does that does that flipping RKO thing um she yeah, looks I, really good. I, I think you, in I the think ring. I think there was a tweet out that was just showing They've showing them her in a match with somebody else, and we're yes. just saying they've only been training at the PC for like six months. So <laughs> yeah, it was it was her and Danny Palmer. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just a hell of a like a sequence of moves. But yeah, I mean, I haven't seen enough of her to like really like say she's going to break out. But if she continues to perform like that, I there's no reason why she she can't. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other names. Obviously, like with Dragon Lee, 
joining yeah. NXT next month. Who's and I mean, like Cameron Grimes is going to be on the main roster soon. <laughs> I have. And I'm not really sure what happened to Cameron Grimes. He's just kind of. He's uh, kind of. He's kind of just fell off for now because I. I, yeah. I think they're waiting for the right time to put him on Raw or SmackDown. Um, but I think that once that happens, he's finally going to really, like, really, really break out as a character. I mean, and, speaking um, of like more NXT people, like Carmelo Hayes, I think he he's oh, yeah. ready to get out of there, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. He doesn't have a bad match. The guy is great. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've just listed a few of the names that we thought would be uh names to watch in twenty twenty three. But for now, this has been um wrestlers of a year in twenty twenty two from Mike and myself at SLTD Wrestling. Uh, but- but before, before we, we go, leave, yeah, you before wanna... we leave, I just wanted to reiterate from last week. Um, people are going to wonder why, uh, why we don't have any New Japan at all, really. And I mentioned when we did our top matches that New Japan was kind of hard to watch for me this year. There was a lot of great matches, but it was kind of hard to watch because I kind of knew where everything was going. And I don't like that. So New Japan kind of fell off for me. But I am planning to watch Wrestle Kingdom for sure, mainly because of one match, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. And I'm going to try to watch more New Japan in the coming year. Okay, well, thank you for letting us know. So we'll definitely keep an eye on New Japan this coming year. And with that, that is our uh, picks for wrestler of the year 2022. And um, I'm me, Cantastic, and Mike. Uh, we're signing off and uh, ha- um, you know, have a safe uh, holiday, a happy new year to everyone. And thank you for listening. Have a good night.